It is 11 minutes after 9 a.m. Good morning, South Africa. My name is Oliver Dixon, standing in this morning here on the Talking Point for Kathy Mutlatana. Coming to you live from the Eastern Cape. I'm in East London. Lovely weather out here. Um, I had the privilege this morning of just staring at the ocean while having breakfast. That is just one of those things in life that you just are reminded God exists. Just one of those things. But... It's an exciting day today. I'm coming to you live from the ICC here in East London for the Eastern Cape Investment Conference. What is the investment case of the Eastern Cape? Um, what, what are the projects that underpin the investment environment? Driving in from the airport yesterday, um, there were extensive roadworks being done on your way into town. Um, and it looked like, you know, the quality of roads that we aspire to have as a country. Um, and that is indicative of uh, investment infrastructure into an economy to get it going. The Eastern Cape's economy is one that's deeply broken and fundamentally fractured. And it is initiatives like these that are geared towards, or at least are supposed to be geared towards, um, restarting that economy. There's a lot of promise in the Eastern Cape. It's a, it's a, it's a province with a great deal of natural beauty, natural resources, but also just human resources. Uh, intellectual resources. Uh, it has some of the country's most historic universities. It has, it, it really is the heartbeat of what is artistic South Africa. Um, if you think about the Grahamstown Arts Fest, for instance, uh, it, it, it plays a big role in shaping the country's identity. But investment in the arts is one thing. Investment in our lived and built environment is another thing. But investment in our political will and political strategy is really what underpins uh, the ability to transform an economy. We will be speaking to various stakeholders on the show throughout, all the way up until 12, uh, and you certainly can be a part of this conversation. By the way, if you're in the in the East London area, um, if you're around the ICC, uh, next to the Premier Hotel, swing by, say hi, let's let's grab a coffee, let's grab a, uh, a picture, let's, let's hang out and let's discuss these issues. Um, we're gonna be speaking to various stakeholders, like I said, so you can be a part of the conversation. Shoot us a call on 86 triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two and i'm also taking your whatsapp voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven as advocate tulima doncella implored us let us really spend time thinking about what the society of our dreams looks like in that opening clip and it's exactly what we'll be attempting to do here today what is that society of our dreams and what role does investment and investment initiatives play in all of that like i said i'm taking your calls and your voice notes throughout the show i'm also taking your tweets tweet me at oliver underscore speaking on twitter oliver dixon on facebook or simply just at safm radio across all platforms and you can be a part of the conversation look we're going to be speaking to premier oscar mabuyan a little bit later on in this hour but we're going to be starting off the hour by speaking uh to the ceo of the eastern cape socio-economic investment socio-economic consultative council wait i got that wrong but we'll get it right just now Vuyo masawana is with us uh, Vuyo, thank you so much for your time repeat that for me thanks a lot uh, the name of the entity is uh, the eastern cape socio-economic consultative council and it's 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 an entity located in the office of the premier as you said to me earlier it it plays an advisory role um but if, if when 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 the phrase socioeconomic uh, pops up into into conversation the implication is always that you know there's money involved 
there are policy initiatives involved and that that money must trickle down to have a social impact uh, in improving the lives of the people. I'm assuming that's where your advisory work focuses around. Let's talk about the Eastern Cape case. What is the socioeconomic condition of the average Eastern Cape resident? Well, Eva, we, we, we actually in the province are ranked um, uh, the highest in unemployment, uh, particularly among young people. Um, we are ranked uh, the highest in respect of uh, the levels of uh, poverty uh, with our eastern side of the Eastern Cape, which is the former Transkei, with the Uartambo district and as well as Alfonso district, uh, having the west of the municipalities that are living under the poverty line. Yeah. So that's uh, the condition of the Eastern Cape. But just to help uh, correct uh, on the entity itself, um, as you were introducing it, the entity is established much more like uh, your netlack institution. So, so it's a statutory body of some sort. It is an entity of the office of the premier, which brings together government, business, labor, civil society, uh, organized local government, and as well as higher education. So its focus is really on uh, providing applied research uh, and therefore advice to government on the basis of all of these social partners coming together, agreeing on the development agenda of the province. So that's what EXEC is. Yeah, what is the development agenda of the province? The development agenda of the province is actually enshrined in, in the document called uh, the Provincial Development Plan, which was developed uh, along the same principles with the National Development Plan. Uh, so that's uh, what you have as a development agenda. Of course, it flows from the previous years of your PGDP, which is your provincial growth and development plans. Essentially, that plan is about, in terms of its vision, ensuring that uh, all of the population of this province uh, is able to thrive within conditions of better socioeconomic uh, development. Yeah, let's pretend no one's ever read those documents that's listening to the show right now. Distill for us perhaps three key priority points from the development agenda that you would say are of immediate and most important concern at a project execution level basis that speak to the development agenda. I will take the economy as the first one, particularly because today we're focusing on investment. Yeah. Uh, the economy is one of the main focuses uh, of that uh, development agenda. And essentially, the main trust being to ensure that the economy of the province is diversified. And exactly from your own introduction, taking into account the natural endowments that we have in the province. But also, an economy is dependent on a human capital that is well developed. So therefore, you would want to talk to skills. Mm. Uh, so therefore, the skilling of the population becomes a second major uh, area of interest uh, in that particular plan. Uh, and as well as uh, ensuring that you build a state with the requisite capabilities yeah. uh, to execute the work that uh, you intend uh, uh, taking up in developing the entire e economic landscape of the province. I, I would say with the advent of uh, COVID-19, uh, all of this has been disrupted quite um, seriously, as you would have seen across yeah. the globe. But subsequent to... Um, the development of the National uh, Economic Recovery Plan, the province engaged in the same on its own. And we are prioritizing as a province infrastructure. You have actually spoken to the same uh, as you were opening uh, the show. Uh, if you look at the Eastern Cape, unlike uh, any other time before, 
you now have major infrastructure like your end to wild coast mm. uh, where there are major bridges which uh, are ranked um, into you know number two or so of the of the of the southern hemisphere uh, which are going to be connecting the eastern cape and kzn and, and but also opening up the economy of the eastern part of the eastern cape and if you have been to the garden route uh, you would understand that we're talking a similar landscape and natural resource in that direction. Mm. So we have tourism that is going to be opened up quite in a great way, and but also all other industrial, particularly rural-based, uh, you know, economies that will be coming out there. Of course, the president announced a project called the Eastern Seaboard uh, Development, which is again focusing greatly on the development of the areas from. Ugu in the Natal side down to Port St. John's in the Eastern Cape side. But you will also appreciate that that economic activity of that particular region has a direct linkage and backward linkages with uh, the hinterland of the Eastern Cape. So you would have that connected to such developments like your Wild Coast SEZ, uh, mm. which is uh, going to be really get given feed stock from the activities that take place and including the freight uh, connection to that particular entire eastern seaport. So that's what you are seeing. And there are many of the Yeah, let's, let's pause on, on, on scaling. What are, you, what are you doing? What's the province doing to scale the young people of the Eastern Cape? Well, we have a, a, a in place now, well, in the entity, we maybe let me start by saying we host the provincial HRD council, um, uh, almost close to your national HRD council in terms of the strategy and the outlook. We, What's HRD? The H Human Resources Development Council, my apologies. Okay. We host that as the, as the Eastern Cape Socioeconomic Consultative Council. In it, um, we have developed uh, the skills plan for the province. And the skills plan of the province is taking into account the economic priorities of the province. So if you take agriculture in particular, we're talking about uh, our agricultural high schools and ensuring that they function uh, optimally to ensure that young people of the province are skilled appropriately. Uh, and as well as uh, we have, uh, we are very strong, you might be aware, in the auto cluster uh, as a province. We're hosting uh, a couple of the major uh, motor industries, uh, your Mercedes-Benz, VW, um, Isuzu, and we have now Ford also considering coming back uh, in one way within the province. Mm. So with that, uh, we also have uh, academies uh, that are in place and institutes uh, of uh, skills development within these industries, but also with the opportunity opened by uh, the national uh, qualifications uh, uh, specific uh, to industry uh, uh, um, process, we are also reviewing uh, what we are providing within our uh, TVET colleges, which then will ensure that we're able to have skill supply to the industries that we're looking at. So essentially... Do you have numbers? Do you have targets? Yes, um, uh, except that I would have wanted to, uh, you know, uh, give you those in full if I can yeah. share that uh, later on. Uh, and th those targets are actually specific uh, to the, you know, individual industries, uh, talking much more concretely as to what are expected to be, you know, the feed, uh, mm. you know, throughput to the industries. Yeah. Um, how, I mean, we hear to talk about the Eastern Cape's investment case, but an investment case also comes with a credibility case. 
the Eastern Cape has very little credibility as far as that's concerned. It's a province more than other provinces plagued by the specter of corruption. How do you speak to an investor and today? Let's assume you walk out this uh, door and randomly a major multinational manufacturer bumps into you in the corridor and says, I, I, I really want to set up a plant. You guys are close to all the natural resources we need, close to the ports. Um, I, I really want to invest here, but the corruption in the province, in the country is, is, is a problem. What, what, what do you say to ease their concerns? The first thing is, um, um, as, as, as has been the case in major centers of the country, uh, fairly soon they will be launched in the Eastern Cape, uh, the one-stop shop center, which ensures that an investor's uh, interest in terms of processing uh, them into entry of the province is going to be a smooth process with respect to all of the different gates that they need uh, to be able to settle in the province, which will include, of course, um, the ability to tell as to what are the incentives which are available across the province in the different municipalities. Uh, can, I, can I just pause you there? Sorry. Um, and, and I know I asked you a corruption question and we, we'll get to it, but speak to me about that one stop. What does that mean, that one stop shop center? Uh, in my mind, I imagine I come to that center, I can get a water use license, I can get a land use license, um, I can get a trade license, I can, all of these different permits that I need. I can also make sure that, you have um, it right. that all the tax incentives that speak to my industry are accommodated there. That's what I imagine. Is that what will be offered? You have it right, Oliver, and I'm sure colleagues from DTIC will take you quite uh, down that road quite very well, but you have it right. That's what it talks about. So when's that being launched? Well, we had uh, at the beginning of the preparation for the conference hoped that it would have been, uh, you know, within this conference, uh, but the details are being worked out with DTIC and the Office of the Presidency. Uh, is it sometime this year? Is it what, what are we looking at? I, I, I probably would say it might come a bit later than this year. It might be the, the coming year. Ah, okay. So back to corruption. What's being done to really combat the credibility crisis caused by corruption in the province? Well, I started by indicating as to what the investor needs. Yes. Um, and the investor needs all of what you've also explained in terms of what will be contained in the one-stop shop center. Uh, but secondly, the investor wants to know uh, how about governance of your institutions uh, so that they are able to know that indeed they are. The province has made quite great uh, uh, you know, uh, strides in respect of dealing with issues of uh, you know uh, governance credibility and the stability if you look at just uh, the provincial government itself uh, since the sixth term you haven't had quite a change in a major change in terms of leadership yeah. across uh, the provincial government and is the same in the municipal space because remember investors get into municipal spaces so that's the first thing so the stability of governance is one of the major things. the second point is that Again, the confidence that has been given by the national processes that have been underway with respect to capture and so on are also applicable to us uh, in the Eastern Cape, as is the case across everyone in the country. So definitely, uh, that uh, you know, on its own creates the requisite confidence. But the major point for me is that our systems, as I indicated, uh, in respect of the actual offers of uh, what the, the investor must walk through are very straightforward and they wouldn't 
be any ability of anyone to interface or rather interject them in a manner that could be causing corruption. I mean, but those systems were in place in previous years, yet, you know, corruption went on unabated. For instance, if I'm imagining, if I'm an investor and you say to me, and you're trying to welcome me into a public-private partnership uh, that's invest in that's infrastructure development focused, hypothetically speaking, right? Uh, we can page through this and we can find one. I'm sure there are many here. Um, if if I'm just thinking about the fact that ah oh, man, I've heard these stories about the construction mafia and how they're going to clamp down on these projects, and I'm going to lose money, but also just blatant stealing of money. Um, there's, as often is the case. I mean, yeah, you're right. The national processes are equally as applicable to you, but where it is, uh, net, where where there's provincial investment uh, and, and provincial money being, uh, um, you know, circulated, the province has a particular uh, responsibility to safeguard that money. You're right, uh, and this is where actually the rules uh, within government uh, are actually applicable to deal with those. And I mean, uh, like most of the institutions, uh, our province has open whistleblower processes if there are such uh, you know, instances. Yeah. So investors are actually invited to uh, speak out about those and ensure that they are known by authorities. And uh, I can uh, tell that our authorities are quite upright in respect of dealing with such. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. I'm sure you, you'll face these questions throughout the day and, and, and even tougher ones around the program of the, 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 the province. Uh, but again, thank you for your time and all the best. You're welcome. Give us a call, 086 I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking. That's on Twitter, Oliver Dixon on Facebook. What's your reaction to that? Do you do you believe the Eastern Cape has an investment case at all? I've, I've got a booklet here in front of me. It, it, it is, I guess, the information pack of the investment conference. There's Eastern Cape, a compelling investment case. And, and I schemed through it uh, when I got here, um, and it, it highlights and indicates a number of the projects that are underway and the values of the projects in terms of the monetary value, where the projects are taking place, um, you know, and what the project uh, targets are and, and all of these sorts of things. And I'm, I'm going to be paging through this and reading it in a little bit more detail um, as we take our various breaks. And I'll, I'll speak to some of them, um, but I want to know from you, perhaps you're a resident of the Eastern Cape. Do you believe that this province has an investment case? If you had money, is this a province you would invest in? Give me that call, 086-000-2032. On the other side of this, it's the open line. What is on your mind? You can respond to that question I just posed to you, but also, what else is on your mind? It seems like overnight Russia may have uh, sent out two missile strikes in Poland, which is a NATO member state. That might just trigger an actual war. I'm worried about that. I followed that on CNN all of last night. But what's on your mind? What's on your radar? What would you like to make a part of the national conversation? 86 Triple zero two zero three two. Let's take your news headlines with Anusa.